Isaiah 21, these are God's words. The burden against the wilderness of the sea. As whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it comes from the desert. From a terrible land, a distressing vision is declared to me. The treacherous dealer deals treacherously, and the plunderer plunders. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O Media. All its sighing I have made to cease. Therefore my loins are, loins are filled with pain. Pangs have taken hold of me, like the pangs of a woman in labor. I was distressed when I heard it. I was dismayed when I saw it. My heart wavered. Fearfulness frightened me. The night for which I longed, he turned into fear for me. Prepare the table, set a watchman in the tower, eat and drink. Arise, you princes, anoint the shield. For thus, as the Lord said to me, go set a watchman, and let him declare what he sees. He saw a chariot with a pair of horsemen, a chariot of donkeys, and a chariot of camels. And he listened earnestly with great care, and then he cried, A lion, my lord! I stand continually on the watchtower in the daytime. I have sat at my post every night. And look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Then he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And all the carved images of her gods he has broken to the ground. Oh, my threshing and the grain of my floor, that which I have heard from Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared to you. The burden against Duma. He calls to me out of Seir. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, The morning comes, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire, return, come back. The burden against Arabia. In the forest in Arabia you will lodge, O traveling companies of Dedanites, O inhabitants of the land of Tema. Bring water to him who is thirsty. With their bread they met him who fled. For they fled from the swords, from the drawn sword, from the bent bow, and from the distress of war. For thus Yahweh has said to me, Within a year, according to the year of a hired man, all the glory of Kedar will fail, and the remainder of the number of archers, the mighty men of the people of Kedar, will be diminished. For Yahweh, God of Israel, has spoken it. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. This chapter continues the themes of uh, men's hopes in themselves and in their plans, failing and destruction that the Lord has uh, ordained and commanded being carried out despite all of their efforts. It's something that uh, we have seen uh, not only in the nations, but especially going back even uh, to the to the beginning uh, when the Lord has made his case against Israel, and then he prophesies against Israel and Judah, uh, those wonderful prophecies in the early chapters uh, in which their hope in themselves would fail and they would indeed receive much affliction, but uh, in which there was always that promise of a king who is coming. Uh, and we rejoice to know that that king is the Lord Jesus. Uh, but then the Lord had turned from addressing Israel and Judah to addressing other nations uh, who were also trusting in themselves, who were also uh, resisting the Lord. Uh, and all of their uh, hopes in themselves are going to fail. The Lord is going to bring affliction upon them all. And so uh, in chapter 21, we have this burden against the wilderness uh, of the sea, 
uh, and then the burden against Duma, uh, and the burden against Arabia. Uh, the burden against the wilderness of the sea, the description here is uh, of someone who is hoping in uh, Babylon to help them, some of the cities of Babylon, they are the ones who are saying, go up, O Elam, and besiege, O Media. But the Lord is not going to allow the hope in uh, in Babylon to succeed. Uh, in fact, he makes the vision of what happens to Babylon something of a nightmare uh, for Isaiah. And he, he uh, tells how terrible the vision is before he describes what the vision is. So the distressing vision is declared to me. And he sets the context in the rest of verse 2 by those who are hoping in Babylon. And we have the outcome later uh, in the end of verse 9. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. All the carved images of her gods he has broken to the ground. Uh, and this indeed happened before Babylon became an empire. The uh, the cities of Babylon, like, uh, like Media, like Elam, uh, did try to rebel several times against Assyria, and on uh, on one occasion, uh, Sennacherib did enter 689 BC. Uh, he entered Babylon and smashed all uh, her idols uh, to bits. Uh, so this vision did end up uh, coming true, uh, as uh, Isaiah had prophesied. Uh, but in the middle of it. Uh, he he gives us the context at the beginning and the outcome at the end, but the middle of it is all about uh, how distressing and dreadful it is. Physically afflicts him. Uh, my loins are filled with pay, pain. Pangs have taken hold on me. It uh, emotionally and mentally afflicts him. Verse 4. My heart wavered. Fearfulness frightened me. The night for which I longed. He turned into fear for me. Uh, and then you have... Uh, a return to the context again, the people who have conspired with Babylon and they uh, want to see uh, how things are going. And so um, they're setting up a feast while the watchman is in the tower. They're having a party because of uh, how hopeful and confident they are uh, in their plans. So eat and drink, arise, you princes, anoint the shield. And so there's a, it's a, it's a party over how wonderful they think their military prospects are. Uh, but the watchman sees nightmarish stuff. At first he sees a chariot with a pair of horsemen, and then he sees a chariot of donkeys, and a chariot of camels, and eventually he sees a chariot with a lion. Uh, it's similar to the uh, you know some of the visions in Ezekiel and Daniel, where you have uh, many different creatures' faces, uh, either on one creature or... Uh, in a sequence of creatures uh, describing uh, coming and increasing fierceness of kingdoms, etc. Basically, the vision is a nightmare, and the conclusion is that which man hopes in, and in this case, uh, the Babylonian um, resistance to Assyria, uh, it will be crushed. We will take verse 10 uh, at the end, but verse 11 and 12 then, against Duma of Seir, which is part of Edom. Seir is another name for Edom. Duma is a city in Edom. Uh, theirs is not coming yet. Uh, so you have a similar thing, um, anxiously asking the watchman, uh, and it's the, uh, it's the anxious asking of someone who knows that his doom is sure, just wants to know when it's happening, 
Uh, and the fact that the watchman doesn't see it yet just keeps them in suspense. Uh, so the watchman says, morning comes, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire, return, come back. He has no news yet, uh, but one day uh, it shall come. And then you have the uh, Arabian coalition with uh, uh, with one group of Arabs, uh, and there are there are Dedanite Arabs who are traveling, and there are Temanite Arabs who are receiving them. And uh, Kedar also has prophesied uh, against. Uh, and basically, they had a coalition that they they hoped would hold together, but their coalition uh, quickly turns into refugee care uh, in verse fourteen and fifteen, as those who have been defeated need the coalition not for military strength, uh, but for giving uh, bread uh, to the starving and, and water to those dying of thirst, because they are those who have been scattered from the war. Well, why does all of this happen uh, to Babylon by Assyria and coming doomed to Edom? They know not when or where, and that which is uh, coming upon Arabia is happening because the Lord... Uh, is beating the chaff out of his people. Uh, he is going to produce for him the good fruit that he wants from his people. Uh, and that's where verse 10 stands in the midst, in the middle of this group of prophecies, uh, as giving the, uh, the reason for all this. Oh, my threshing and the grain of my floor, that which I have heard from Yahweh of hosts, God of Israel, I have declared to you. Uh, and so, uh, so Isaiah is reflecting the love and care and concern of God for Israel, uh, a love that is currently threshing them. It's not, it's not always a pleasant love, but the point of the threshing is to produce the good grain. The point of the threshing, the pressure that God is uh, applying, the beatings that God is giving historically, even among other nations, is especially for the purpose of bringing forth good grain uh, among his people. And it is in love. You notice the uh, first person possesses my threshing, my floor. Yahweh of armies, Yahweh of hosts, uh, is the God of Israel. And he rules and overrules all things in all lands to bring forth uh, that true Israel, not the Israel uh, that is Israel ethnically, uh, as he says in Romans 9, of course. Not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, but the Israel of promise. And an Israel of promise that we've already begun hearing about in the book of Isaiah is going to include those whom he, uh, those who are his elect people from all lands. Uh, those uh, to whom the end of Galatians 5 refers as the Israel of God, who are in Israel not by circumcision, but an Israel by faith in Jesus Christ, which is the point of the whole book of Isaiah to stop trusting in yourself, to stop trusting in your religion, to, uh, to stop trusting in your idols, in man-made religion even, uh, especially, to stop trusting in your military, to stop trusting in your alliances, to stop, trust, to stop trusting in your, uh, in your wealth, but to trust only in God and his promised king, uh, who of course is God, uh, as we've already begun to hear and will continue to hear uh, in the book. God's Israel that he is producing uh, are 
those who are his by faith in Jesus Christ. And therefore we must not be surprised that he does whatever is necessary to bring us to faith in Christ. And once we are in Christ, he does whatever is necessary to bring us to that holiness that is required for us to see the Lord. He tells us the same thing, doesn't he, um, in Hebrews chapter 12, that those are, who are his true sons, he chastens and he does. Uh, he gives that which is painful in the moment, but is producing the peaceful fruit of righteousness and the holiness without which we would not see the Lord. Uh, and again, as the Lord is teaching these lessons through the course of historical events, he gives them a temporary or a, an immediate prophecy that will be fulfilled. Uh, this time, you remember, for instance, with Moab, it was three years. And uh, earlier with Ahaz, it was uh, the time of the weaning of a child, which is probably about three years as well. Uh, this um, this one at the uh, end uses the year of the hired man language. It's similar to the end of the Moab prophecy. For thus Yahweh has said to me, within a year, according to the year of a hired man, all the glory of Kedar will fail, and the remainder of the number of archers, the mighty men of the people of Kedar, will be diminished. For Yahweh, God of Israel, has spoken it. Uh, and so the Lord, the God of Israel, gave uh, short-term prophecies that were fulfilled so that we might all the more know to heed. So he might press upon us all the more that we should heed uh, what he says. Uh, in particular, that we should remember not to be arrogant or trusting in self, but to hope only in him, to hope only in Christ. Uh, and may the Lord grant us to do so, even in the midst of the upheavals that are in the world in our day. Upheavals in the world have not stopped. The characters have changed on the world stage, uh, and yet the reality is the same. The God of his Israel is gathering to himself a people whom he is bringing to faith in Christ and whom he is perfecting. This is the great engine that drives all history. And it pleads with us not to be afraid of man, but to fear God, not to put our hope in man, but to put our hope in the Lord and to seek the good of his church, uh, starting with seeking our own good by humbling ourselves before him, trusting ourselves uh, to him, yielding ourselves to him. May the Lord grant that we would do so. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this portion of your word. We pray that your spirit would help us, uh, particularly as uh, this is, it deals with uh, times and places and countries and events that are removed from us by some distance. Uh, but we do thank you for uh, reminding us clearly that you who rule over all the nations are our own God, and that the work that you do in the upheavals of nations and armies and alliances is especially for our sake, that we are yours and we belong to you, and you are determined uh, to do everything that is necessary to make us uh, good fruit in the end, as it were. And so we pray that you would give us uh, to trust you, to trust in the Lord Jesus, to belong to you by faith, and to understand rightly then uh, what is happening in history. Uh, Lord, let, make us to live our lives day by day, trusting you, obeying you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.